Turn with me, if you would, this morning to the book of Hebrews. It's in the back of your Bible. It doesn't mean he makes coffee. That was funny. Hebrews chapter 4, and then I'm going to come back and pick up something in Matthew. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews is in the back of your Bible if you're looking for it. <clears throat> On page 229 in this one. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4, I'm going to read one verse. Verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now go back with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 11. First book of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 11. This is Jesus speaking after the having a discourse with some of the disciples of John the Baptist. And he's speaking to the Pharisees here. And he says, in verse 20, John, Mark, Matt, one of them, Matthew eleven twenty, Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazian, woe unto thee, Bethsaida, for if the works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted up to heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which had been done in you had been done in Sodom, they would have remained unto this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in that day of judgment than for thee. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity to read and study your word. Anoint me now, Lord God, and help me, Father God, to simply be a mouthpiece for you, O God, to speak through me, God. May your word be quick and powerful in our souls today, God, and may we hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to take just a few minutes this morning to tell you that this book that we call a Holy Bible is not just a book of cleverly devised fables. It's not a book that's just been put together so that we can have a religion. It's not just a book that's been devised and, and, and crafted and, and formed out of, out of men that were good literary writers. This book is something that is God-breathed and God-inspired. The Bible says that holy men of God wrote as they were inspired and directed by the Holy Spirit. This book is authoritative. This book is without error. 
This book is powerful. This book touches the hearts and souls of men. You can live by this book and you can die by this book. And I wanted to let you know that no word formed in this book shall return into the Lord void. And this book shall do great things and exploits. This book tells me the future of this nation. This book tells me the future of mankind. And this book tells me the future of myself if I will simply listen to what its words say. Last Sunday morning, we passed out, I think it was last Sunday morning, I'm losing track of, of, of Sundays here, but I think it was last Sunday morning, it might have been two ago, that we passed out turkey baskets for the turkey lunch. It was Thanksgiving baskets, that's what I'm trying to say. And I don't know how your event went, I'm, it was, there was about 10 or 11 of you that went out and passed out these baskets, but I want to relate to you how my event went. We, we gave a basket to a to a family that came up here. They drove to the church. They were up here, and they, they showed up, and we went over there to give them their, their basket, and the lady that we were presenting, whose name we had, she got out of the truck, and she was talking to another lady. We were giving them the basket, talking to them. I went over there and simply stuck my head in the truck uh, just to, to talk to the family. There was a, a man and his son and a girlfriend in the truck, and I stuck my head in there and talked to them. Hey, how are you doing? Hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Just kind of visiting with them a little bit. And then I said this. I said, hey, before we leave here today, what can I pray with you about? I wish I would have had a picture of the shock that came across their faces. I wish I could have had a, a, a video as they looked at each other and looked at me like, oh, no, what's he fixing to do? I stood there for just a minute while they kind of, uh, 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 and then said, no, we're good. And I said, well, let me just play a blessing over your family. Well, nobody ever denies that. Everybody says, yes, please do. So I begin to pray. But I want to tell you something. As I begin to pray, I felt the powers of light and darkness begin to battle. <laughs> I wasn't speaking some... Hail Mary, bless you prayer. I wasn't talking to some plastic Jesus that I've been spinning a wheel on and rubbing his belly and hope it's going to work. No, I was, I was speaking under the power and authority of this book. I was speaking under the power and authority of God Almighty. I was speaking under the power and authority of one who loved me and gave his life for me. And I was speaking into a truck that was, that was full of the power of the devil. I'm not saying they're devil possessed. I'm just saying they're in need of a savior. And each one of us at one time in our life found ourselves in need of a savior. And they weren't anxious for me to pray. Why? Because the spirit that was in them was about to come toe to toe with the spirit spirit that lived within me and I'm telling you anytime the spirit of God comes in line and fights toe to toe with the spirit of darkness darkness is defeated I felt those powers hitting I lost I lost my words there for a minute as the enemy and the, and the spirit of the Lord began to fight and struggle and I, I felt it. I lost my thoughts. I lost, I said something stupid one time and had to correct it but I knew what was going on. I knew it was the enemy trying to come against me and I knew that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world and I cursed that darkness. I come against it in the name of Jesus. I prayed a blessing upon him. I said God bless him. God touch him. God minister to him and God Whatever's between you and them. 
I pray that you would forgive it. And I pray that you would cause them to walk close with you. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would cover this truck and cover this family. And you would be with them day and night. Oh, I just put, I just did something there. I just did something there. You say, well, it's just a prayer. No, it's not. It's calling the power of God into existence. Not that I'm God, but I'm his authority on this earth, just like you are. That Bible said that if preaching would have been done in Sodom, they would have been saved. Do you know who Sodom was? Sodom was the most wicked city in your Bible. It was, it was, beyond, it was beyond belief how wicked Sodom was. They were inventing things to be wicked about, kind of like we do. Huh? But, but the Word of God says they couldn't even find five righteous people in this phenomenal, huge city of Sodom and Gomorrah. These weren't cities. These weren't small towns. These were cities of hundreds of thousands of people. Sodom was, Sodom was located in the most fertile ground in Israel. It was, it was, it was the garden spot of the land. There was, these cities were huge and God couldn't find five righteous people in there. They were wicked beyond belief. They were so wicked that God rained down fire from heaven. And not only did he destroy those cities, but he dug down 1,300 feet into the soil to, to get all the wickedness and the, and the roots and the nastiness that they had developed. Because You say, how do you know that? Because I know that the Dead Sea rests where Sodom and Gomorrah was. I know that. And I know that it's 1,300 feet below sea level. So God had to dig down to get, that, get rid of all that wickedness that was in that area. But I want to tell you this. If he would have had one man, if he would have had one woman, if he'd have had one teenager, if he'd have had one person who went in there with the gospel, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, he would have saved Sodom, glory to God. He would have changed them. He would have come against those powers of darkness and destroyed them. Why? Because the word of God is quick and it's powerful. It's powerful, glory to God. Oh, you may not feel like anything happened when you prayed. You may not get Holy Ghost goosebumps. You may not feel some warm oil going over your head. You may not feel no nothing going up and down your spine. You may not feel anything. You may think that that was worthless, but I'm telling you this Bible says, whatsoever you ask in my name, believing, it shall be done. I'll rest upon that book for I rest upon my feelings. I said, I'll rest upon that book for I rest upon my feelings. It doesn't say I have to feel anything. All it says is that I have to be in the power and the authority of the one who made me, saved me, baptized me, put me in a position. All I've got to be is in that authority. And if I'm in that authority, then whatsoever I ask in prayer and believing, it shall be done. Whatsoever you ask in faith, I almost forgot a word there. Whatsoever you ask in faith, believing. Faith believing. Not whether or not I feel anything. Because this book doesn't depend upon my feelings. You can tell me I don't feel like anything's going to happen if I stick my finger in that socket right there. I just don't feel like anything's going to happen. I've went over there by it several times, and I've run my hand in front of it, and it ain't never done nothing. There ain't nothing in there, nothing's going to bother me, but you grab hold of those wires, baby. You'll be doing the dance like you've never seen before. How do you know? Because I've grabbed them. And I know it sends something through you. It's quick and it's powerful. And it, it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't say, oh, well, you're, a, you're the minister. I'm not going to shock you. 
It doesn't care. It, it, you, you meet the requirements, you're going to get the power. That's all there is to it. The, the requirements is have a good ground and touch that hot. That's all you got to have, and you get the power. That book's the same way. Oh, you don't have to be the preacher. You don't have to be the minister. You don't have to be a deacon. You don't have to be a Sunday school teacher. All you got to be is saved. All you got to be is saved. And the Bible says that if you're saved, then the words that are in that book are within your power and your right to do. It's within your authority. Why? Because that book gives you the power and the authority to do what God said you could do, regardless of if you have a position or not. All you got to do is call upon the name of the Lord and believe what he wrote in that book. I know not everybody's going to get saved. I know that. You know, about four years ago, the Lord laid on my heart to go door to door here in town. So every Tuesday, just about every month, some months we miss, but most months we go door to door. We, we go to three or four doors, knock on the door. We got a little food basket because everybody talks better if you got food. They won't, they don't ever, nobody's ever turned down my basket. Well, some people have, but I made them take it anyway. <clears throat> knock on the door. Just tell them Jesus loves them. We love you. If you don't have a church home, we want you to come to this one. If you've got a church home, go to that one. But if you don't have a church home, we want you. Give them a basket. Got a Bible in it. Got food in it. Sarah makes sure we got good food in there every week. Got a nice meal. And then it's got a Bible in it. We give them that Bible. Put it in their home. Pray a prayer over them. And then we go to the next one. Sometimes we see exciting things. Sometimes we just knock doors. But, I, but, but somebody asked me recently, they said, well, have you seen anybody come in from knocking doors? Have you seen anybody at your knock door that's, that's at the church today? And I tell them, no, I haven't. I've seen some visit, seen some show up, but most of them, I haven't seen anybody stay. They said, why do you do it then? If it's not, if it's not producing any fruit, why do you do it? And I told them, because the Lord told me to do it. It's not about numbers with me. It's not about nickels and noses. It's about being obedient to what God called me to do. And if nobody comes up here to go with me, I'll go by myself. Because God didn't call you to do it. He called me to do it. And I'm going to do it. Because I don't care if anybody comes or anybody doesn't come. I don't care if anybody makes their way here or doesn't make their way here. I just want to tell you that whenever they stand before God, they're not going to be able to say like they did in Sodom, nobody ever said anything to me about it because he'll say, I sent a preacher to your door who fed you and put a Bible in your hand and prayed over you and asked the Lord to forgive your sins. Don't tell me you didn't have a chance. They had a chance. Hallelujah. And some will get saved. Some will change their life. We came to a lady's house one day, and she said, well, I'm just not really a religious person. And I said, well, I'm not either. She looked at me, the funniest look you've ever seen. You're not religious? I said, oh, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. I am not religious. I said, I believe in a relationship with Jesus Christ, but that's got nothing to do with religion. And she said, oh, well, I mean, I just don't go to church. I said, well, let me just tell you. One of these days, you may find yourself in a position that you sure wish you had somebody pray for you. And I said, when you find yourself in that position, you remember this Bible and you remember this card and you know that we're there to pray for you. Because I don't know if today 
or tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. I don't know. But I know that if I sow seed, I'm going to reap a crop. I can sow seed in a famine and reap a hundredfold. That's what the Bible told me. I can sow in a famine, a famine of hearing the word, a famine where people don't know, a, pa a famine where people don't care, a famine where people reject the knowledge of God. I can sow in a famine, and I promise you that the Lord is going to enable me to reap a hundredfold. It may not be a hundredfold in people, but it'll be a hundredfold in blessings of him because he rewards those who do his will. And going out there door to door is not for me. It's just to do his will so that Jesus Christ will be glorified. Why do you do it? because the word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And if I can get the word in their hands, I believe in the word of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. How shall they hear without a preacher? <laughs> How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they hear a preacher if he doesn't get out of the building and go out there? And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about us. How are they going to hear it at your job if they don't hear it from you? How are they going to hear it from their school if they don't hear it from you? How are they going to ever change their lives if they only see you living some frivolous, goofy, plastic Jesus game that doesn't mean nothing? The world looks for a savior. They're looking for somebody that's got something real in their lives. All we hear about is wickedness and horrible things. But I want to let you know, we hear about universities that's got 40,000 young people enrolled. And what do we hear about? We hear about the thousand that's down there protesting about something. We don't hear about the 30,000 that's silent. We don't hear about the 30,000 that's silent. I want to let you know today that I think, this is my opinion, I think that most people want to do good. I think that most people want to be right. I think most people want to have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness and temperance working in their soul. I think most people do. Some of them don't want to give up what they're doing in order to receive it, but some do. Some do. And if I can get the word of God into the hands and into the hearts of the some that do, then I'll change a generation. Jesus had 120 people when he began the church. When he began the church, he had 120 people and today, today, in the assemblies of God alone, the assemblies of God alone around the world, there's more than 65 million people who've accepted Christ and been baptized in the Holy Spirit and have embraced just the assemblies of God. That's not the Baptist and the, and, and the other denominations that preach Jesus 
as the Savior and the Son of God, that doesn't even include them. He started with 120, and now it's an innumerable number. And all I want to tell you is God is looking for us to make good on what he told us to do. He said, go ye into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Go tell them about Jesus. Go tell them about the Word of God. Go pray for them. Lay your hands on them. Believe that God's doing something in their life because the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And if you begin to speak the Word of Lord, may some may reject. Paul went down to Athens. And when he got down to Athens, he found that they were totally given to idolatry. In Athens, they had idols to everything. They had idols to anger. They had idols to depression. They had idols to wealth. They had idols to every God you can imagine. They had idols on every corner. They had idols down every street. They had idols in every home. They had created an entire group, they had an, an entire hierarchy of gods, Zeus, Apollos, Greek mythology. They had an entire, and they taught that a man could become a god. They had an entire system of nothing but idolatry. And Paul went down there into the city of Athens and he found one idol that it said to the unknown God. Now their thoughts were, in case we miss one, we don't want to offend you. So this is to the unknown God, the one we might have missed. Paul looked at it and said, I know that unknown God. I know it. And he started preaching about the unknown God. And next thing you know, they took him up to Mars Hill. That's their highest level of where all their, all their smart people were. And he took them up there and he began to preach Jesus Christ crucified, raised from the dead on the third day. And the Bible says that some mocked, but some believed. <sighs> Among who? And he names them. And I'm not going to try that because I know I'll miss them. But he names them. And all I'm telling you is that if we Believe the word of God. If we believe what God has said, then we can lay our hands on the sick and expect them to recover. If we believe the word of God, then we can crucify this flesh daily and expect God to do great works within our beings so that we don't have to sin a little every day. My God, you don't have to do that. You can live above it if you want to. You don't, have to. you don't have to be caught up in the world of sin. The Bible says in 1 John that the seed of Jesus lives in me. And if I let that seed produce fruit, I won't sin. Oh, pastor, that's impossible. No, it's not. It's not. There is a process called sanctification and you can walk in a sanctified mind to where you don't sin. But if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus the righteous, who forgives us and places us back in the right standing with God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't have to be perfect. I just have to be forgiven and walking in the, in the ways of God. How do you know that? It says it in the book. We're close to the end of this age. You say, how do you know that? Because it's in the book. It tells me what the world's going to look like when Jesus comes. It tells me that I can know the season in which he will appear. It tells me that I may not know the day and I may not know the hour, but I should be smart enough to figure out the season. How can you be smart enough? Because it's in this book. 
And if we believe what this book says, if we believe what this book says, then I'm telling you, you should understand that you are not a citizen of this world. You are not, I know I got a blue passport and it says USA on it, but I'm telling you, that's just where I am. That doesn't mean that's where I belong. <laughs> I belong in a city whose builder and maker, whoo, glory to God, I belong to a city whose builder and maker is God Almighty, and one day I'll walk on streets of gold. I'll see walls of jasper, but I don't care about any of that. I'm going to see Jesus. <laughs> I'm not going to shout because the streets are made of gold. I'm not going to shout because they got a mansion. Now, some of you got rooms, but I'm going to have a mansion. <laughs> I'm not going to shout because of that. I'm not going to shout because I made it. I'm not going to shout because of that. I'm, I'm going to shout for one reason, and that is I'll see you. I'll see Oak Grove up around the throne room of God, and we'll, we'll be shouting because we made it. I'm going to grab old Bo, and we're going to hug Hallelujah. Down here, people wonder why we're hugging. But over there, over there, nobody's going to wonder. I'm going to see you. I'm going to hug you. We're going to shout together. We're going to have a big time. Why? Because we were once lost, but now we're found. We once were without hope, but now we have hope. We were once lost in sin, but now we have a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. The world is behind us. Heaven is before us. And we're in a city whose builder and maker is God, worshiping around the throne of God Almighty, brothers and sisters in the faith. You see, there's nothing more important than family. The Grinch may steal your Christmas. The economy may take your stuff. But as long as your family's there, what do you care? It's all about family anyway, isn't it? Isn't that, I mean, thank, I can tell you right now, when, on Father's Day and Mother's Day, my family's not here. And I can tell you it's not my favorite day of the year to go home and, and realize that I'm, I'm, my, my family's not there to help me celebrate Father's Day. Because it's not about the day and they, and they send me stuff, but it's not about the stuff. I'd rather have them. Heaven in my mind is not going to be heaven just because there's stuff there. It's going to be heaven because I got you. And I got other people that God has allowed us to lead to him. And when we stand around as a family and talk about how great God has been, oh, brother, do you remember the time that we went through this struggle and God brought us through? Ooh, I sure do. Let's shout a little while. Let's praise God a little bit. He brought us through. He brought us through. He brought us through. How do you know that? Because that book says he'll bring me through. I'm telling you this morning, this book is the answer to your problems. This book will tell you how to be a better man. Now you violate this book and you'll find out that this book is right. Okay, just button up your seatbelt for just a moment. This book says, this book says that sex is only within a marriage. And a marriage, living together does not constitute a marriage. There's a piece of paper you have to sign. And that's a marriage. 
And this book says that the only place where sex is acceptable and right is within the confines of a marriage. It's not right anywhere else. Why is that true? Because, marriage, because sex is more than just a feeling. Sex is more than just an emotion. Sex is more than just something that you do because you love somebody. When you put those bodies together in a sexual relationship, you are forming a bond and a union. Some people call it a soul tie. And Paul said, how shall a man that is a Christian be joined to a harlot? He said, don't you understand that every sin that's committed is committed outside the body, but fornication is committed against the body? So what am I telling you? I'm telling you that when you have sex with somebody, you take on a part of them. It's a bond. It's a union. It was created for a man and a woman to be able to, to solidify their relationship within a marriage so that we can be married 44 years and still learning and loving and enjoying the company of one another. It's, it forms a relationship. It forms a bonding. It forms a union. And whenever you have sex with somebody and then you break up, you don't lose that. You keep that guilt. You keep that shame. You keep that sexual, that, that bond that you made. You, you keep that. Are you listening to me? You keep that. And when you have sex with the next person, you pick up some of that too. And when you have sex with the next person, you pick up some of that too. And you have sex with five or six or seven or eight people. You may think you're just having a good time, but you're picking up stuff from every one of them. And one day, you won't even know who you are anymore. You'll be so confused. And I'm not saying everybody, so did you hear me? Everybody say everybody. You all didn't say it. Say everybody. I'm not saying this is true for everybody, but I, but I am saying that a lot of people because they've had sex with so many people that they've lost who they are, mutilate their bodies with extreme piercings. I'm, and I'm not talking about earrings, nose rings, mouth rings. I'm, I'm talking about extreme. Extreme tattoos? Extreme. I'm not talking about one on your arm or one. You know, I'm talking about, I'm talking about extreme to where you look at that and say, oh, my word, what in the world? Most of the time, not everybody. But most of the time, people do that because they lost who they are. They don't know who they are. And so they try to identify themselves with somebody with a date. Or they try to identify themselves with some event. They try to identify themselves with something so that they can have some sense of who they are. They've lost that. How did they lose it? They lost it by having sex with so many people and making so many bonds and so many unions with so many people that now it means nothing to them. It's just a moment. It's just a feeling because they no longer know who they are and they can never enjoy a love relationship because that love relationship has been destroyed. I didn't expect too many shouts about that. But here's what I want to tell you. Through Christ, all can be made new. <laughs> Through Christ, it's all made new. You may have been with men, you may have been with, I'm sorry to say men, and you may have, men, women, whatever, 
You may, you may have been through all of that. And, and you may have lost your feelings and lost your emotions and, and lost who you are. You may have lost all that. But I want to tell you this morning that forgiveness is just an altar away. And he, if any man be in Christ Jesus, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. <laughs> I don't know how you're seated. That's shouting around right there. Uh, no matter what I was before, I'm not now. No matter how many people I was with before, I'm not now. I'm as clean and new as if I'd never done. I'm justified. Amen. I'm justified. <laughs> Just as if I'd never done it, I'm justified. <laughs> I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm a child of the Most High God. All things have passed away. My God, all things have become new. How do you know that, preacher? It's right here. It's quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Stand with me this morning if you would. My God, what a book inerrant, infallible, authoritative. I had a guy ask me one time recently, I know you're standing, I'm not fixing to preach, I'm just going to tell you. I had a guy ask me recently, he said, I just don't know what the will of God is. I said, have you looked in the book? He said, well, yeah, I read the Bible all the time. I said, the will of God is that no man should perish. The will of God is that all would be saved. The will of God is that those that come to Christ would make heaven. How do you know that? Because in this book, in the book of John, it tells you the will of God. It says it is, it said it is the will of God that. Three times. It says it is the will of God that. And you tell me you want to find the will of God. It's already in the book. You don't have to go make it up, try to figure it out, fast and pray for a week. You don't have to do that. Just read the book. Okay. I want to end this this morning, and if nobody responds, that's fine. That's, that's no problem with me. We'll move on to communion. It's uh, 1230. We'll move on to communion. But if somebody responds, I do, want to, I do want to give you a chance. There may be somebody in here today, and you say, I really need the Lord to make me new. I've really got myself in a mess. I've let, I've let other things get in the way. I feel unworthy. I feel unclean. I don't feel like God could love me. And I'm going to tell you, that's a, common, that's a common trick of the devil. He makes you feel like you can't be forgiven. He makes you feel like you've been so bad that God couldn't possibly love you. He, he makes you feel those things. And if you're going to go on feelings, then you're probably going to go there. But I want to let you know, this book doesn't say that. This book says that if any man coming to the Lord, he can be saved. I had, I had the devil one time when I was a teenager try to convince me that I committed the unpardonable sin, and, and I really thought I had. I mean, I, I was in there praying for my friends to get saved, saying, oh, God, I know I'm going to hell, but would you please save my friends? That was dumb. That was dumb. Why did I do that? Because I was a teenager, and I didn't know what this book says. If you commit the unpardonable sin, you don't care. 
If you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be praying for your friends to get saved. I should have known that. I went to church all my life. I should have known that. But I didn't know it until I read it in this book and said, wait a minute. I can't have committed the unpardonable sin. What kind of idiot is that? So this morning, before we leave, is there anybody here who said, I would just like to come down and just let the Lord make me new, make me clean again. Make me, I'm not saying you committed any great sin, but maybe this morning you may just feel like, you know what? I just need that renewing. I just need that fresh touch of God. I just need that fresh power resting in my soul one more time. And if that's you this morning, I know there's no music. I know that makes you uncomfortable, but I want you to be uncomfortable for just a minute. And if that's you this morning, then make your way down this morning. We're going to pray with you. Anybody here this morning? Say, I just, I just leave that fresh, I just want that fresh touch of God. I just want that fresh feeling of the power of God in my soul once again. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Anybody else? I just want to feel that anointing. I just want to feel that that's, prom that's in this book. It's, it's an anointing that's in this book. Hallelujah. Anybody else this morning? I just, I just want to feel that renewal. I just want to, I just want to know. I just, I just need that this morning. Anybody else? Hallelujah. 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 Anybody else this morning? I'm giving you just a minute. Brenna, could, could you, or Jim, one of you, could you go back there and see if you can get some music playing on that thing? I don't, I don't, I, I want everybody to, I want everybody to have a chance this morning. If you want to pray with somebody, I want you to have a chance. If you need prayer, I want you to have a chance. I want everybody to feel like they could be used of God this morning. Anybody else this morning? If not, would some of you come down and pray and stand behind these? You just, just, you don't have to talk to them. Just lay your hand on them again to pray with them, if you would. Like at least one or two around everybody this morning. Get one or two people around everybody this morning. Hallelujah. Let this, we're going to let this book flow over us this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Need a couple more ladies over here, if you would, ladies. Need a couple more ladies over here. Would you make your way down in, in prayer over here, please? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. While they're getting music going this morning, hallelujah, just begin to lift your hands and just be begin to tell the Lord why you came down. Hallelujah. God's going to renew you this morning. He's going to touch you this morning. He's going to make all things new this morning. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, God. <laughs> Lord God. Lord God, Lord God.
If you would, just lift your hands this way and pray with us, would you? In Jesus' name, bring healing to this body, God. In Jesus' name, Lord God, by your stripes we're healed, Almighty God. Bring healing, Lord God, into this mind. Healing into this body, God. Healing into every area with him today, God. Lord, he loves you, Almighty God. Now let your power, let your anointing, hallelujah, make a difference, God. In Jesus' name, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Not by might, nor by power, but by thy spirit, Almighty God. Not by might, nor by power, but by thy spirit, Almighty God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, I bind every doubt. I bind every fear. I bind every power of darkness. I bind every voice that's not of you, O God. And in the name of Jesus, Lord, I lose healing. I lose deliverance. I lose anointing. I lose power. I lose power. Glory to God. Hallelujah. My God, my God, my God. We receive it today of you, 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 God. Hallelujah. 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 Fresh anointing, God. Fresh anointing, God. Fresh power, God. Fresh direction, God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Renew the joy. Renew the love. Renew the passion. Renew the power, oh God. Jesus, 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 Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We receive from you. <laughs> My God, we receive it today. We receive it today, even now, Lord God. Let your Holy Spirit pour through her. Oh, my God, my God, let your Holy Spirit touch Kim, Almighty God. Oh, Jesus, that's right. There it is. Come on, hallelujah. We receive it today, God. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me, oh God. Hallelujah. <laughs> that's right. That's right, that's right. Let it well up. Let it well up. Let it well up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> Your name is wonderful. Your name is powerful. Glory to God. 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 Receive it this morning. <laughs> Woo. Glory to God. Receive it this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Receive that new direction. Receive that freshness. Receive that power. Receive that anointing. Receive that direction. Receive it this morning in Jesus' name. My God, my God, my God, my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Not my will, oh God. Thine be done, Father. Not my will, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Not my will, oh God, but thine be done, almighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We receive a fresh anointing today, God. We receive a fresh passion today, God. We receive a fresh power today, God. We receive it in Jesus' name. We receive it in Jesus' name. We receive it, hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. In Jesus' name, Lord. In Jesus' name, God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God for the power and the authority of the Most High. Praise God for your name, Lord God. Oh, God, hallelujah. Renew that spirit within Chad, God. Oh, Lord, pour that Holy Spirit, God. Woo, hallelujah. <laughs> renew vision. Renew direction. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, that you're doing it, God, even as we pray, even as we ask in thy name, believing. You are moving, Lord God, for the Spirit of the Lord moves upon the waters. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord moves upon the waters. Glory to God. Deep calls to deep at the noise of thy water spouts, almighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for fresh vision. Thank you for fresh direction. Thank you for fresh anointing. Thank you for fresh power. Thank you, Lord God, for the renewal. Oh, hallelujah, of the joy, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise your name, God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. My God, it's a good thing to serve the Lord. Ooh, it's a good thing to be part of the body of Christ. It's a good thing to know that my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. It's a good thing to know that with God nothing shall be called impossible. My God, it's a good thing to know that when I close my eyes here, I open my eyes on the other side. I'm sorry, you're assemblies of God. You have no purgatory. You close your eyes here, baby. I breathe my last breath here. I release that wind and it goes back to God and I open my eyes in a new world, breathing celestial air. <laughs> breathing air that'll never, woo, and there's no pollution in that air, probably. My God, my God, my God. Mm. I'm reminded of an old song. It's all over me, and it's keeping me alive. Yeah. Keeping me alive. Jesus is keeping me alive. Hallelujah. I know it's, it's got to be getting late now. It's quarter to one. If you need to go, and God bless you, we'll see you back tonight at 6. If you can stay, we're fixing to receive communion. So if my communion ushers would come down, please, we're going to receive communion. Like I said, if you need to go, then God bless you. You're, you're free to go. You, uh, you just come back tonight and... Uh, because I'll know if you're not back tonight, and I'll write your name down, and I'll call you. Because you're, I'm most of you in your spots, so I know who's here and who's not here. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank 
So I just want to start off and say that uh, Pastor Scott asked me to speak over the bread today, and we'll be looking in John chapter 6, verses 25 through 40. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered to them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Uh, Then they said to him, What shall we do? that we may work the works of God. And Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. And therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will say by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all that he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should rise it up on the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up on the last day. So in this verse, Jesus is just referencing back to when God had provided manna for his people, you know, during Moses' reign. When they were out in the desert, you know, and they were just completely dependent on this manna to provide. Like the physical needs, you know, and um, this bread represents Jesus' body, which is the everlasting bread of life. He fulfills everything we need spiritually and uh, physically, and sometimes we get distracted um, trying to fill the voids in our life. And... um, but what Christ is just trying to convey to us right right here in this verse is that this bread right here represents his body and that this bread will fulfill us and everything we need of the fruits of the spirit. And so before we partake of this bread, let us not only remember what it represents, but also the fulfillment both spiritually and physically he provides. Now, bow your heads, let us pray. Father, I thank you just for this opportunity, God, to speak about this bread, and we love you, and we praise you, Father, and you are just the almighty, graceful God that we love, and I pray that we just remember the fulfillment that we get from your broken body, Lord God, and help us just to soften our hearts. Father, again, I thank you, just, I thank you, God, that you can just, just give us peace, Lord Jesus, and in holy name we pray, amen. Lord, begin to prepare me the first of the week. I told Brother Scott, 
Normally I hesitate, but I knew, I knew God had ordained because he had already given me a word. And the word was grace. God began to let me reflect on his grace. And I began to think of a song, an old song. One of my favorites is Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. And it is amazing. Because grace, you know, grace is uh, unmerited favor that we don't deserve. We've been given something that we don't deserve. I know I have. I'm not worthy to even stand up here. But for grace, by grace, he gives me the ability to stand here. And he began to give me a word. In Titus 2.11, it says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. And if you go on into Titus 3.5, it says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And you know it says justified by grace. That's the only way we can be justified because we do not, we're not worthy. And when I think of this, I think of shedding his blood on that cross for what it just said right there, by the washing and the regeneration, that we are cleansed and we are fresh. Just like Brother Scott talked about earlier, we're a new creature in Christ. But we're not righteous just on our own merit. We're righteous because of this, because of the shedding blood that Jesus Christ did on that cross. So as we begin to pray, I pray a blessing over each and every one of you. Lord God, I just thank you, Father. I come to you now, and I thank you for that grace and for showing mercy on me, Lord God, as a sinner, Lord God, that I was saved by grace and by the shedding of that blood, Lord God, on that cross, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that you looked down one day and you saw me and you saw I was in need of a Savior. And right now, Lord God, I ask God that you begin to pour blessings on each and every person out here, God, that partakes of this emblem right now, Father. And as we take, Lord God, I ask God that you bless it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, yeah, give the Lord a hand. That's always in order. Praise God. Unto Him. Unto Him. So most of you may not have heard this song before, but I love it, and I was raised on it. So I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. I'm not. I'm gonna sing it. We're gonna sing it this morning, and it goes. Well, it's all over me, and it's keeping me alive. It's keeping me alive. It's keeping me alive. Well, it's all over me, and it's keeping me alive. Jesus is keeping me alive. Well, it's that Holy Ghost and power, and it's keeping me alive. It's keeping me alive. It's keeping me alive. Well, it's that Holy Ghost and power, and it's keeping me alive. Oh, Jesus is keeping me alive. Well, it's all over me, and it's keeping me alive. It's keeping me alive. 
It's keeping me alive. Well, it's all over me, and it's keeping me alive. It's Jesus. He's keeping me alive. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord God, rest our bodies this afternoon, Father God. Renew our minds and our thoughts in you, O God. Bring us back tonight at the appointed hour, O God, to worship you, praise you, Lord God, and to receive more of that Holy Ghost and fire that's keeping us alive. We praise you for it in Jesus' name and for your glory. And everybody said? Thank <laughs> you.